2: the force is with you young skywalker but you are not a jedi yet my powers have doubled since the last time we met count hey yeah. suffering death i fear something Young Skywalker is in pain.
3: Dark Side of the Force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be
4: unnatural.
2: I will be the most powerful Jedi ever. It's all Obi-Wan's fault. He's jealous. He's holding me back.
0: You don't know the power of the Dark Side. I must obey, my master. These aren't the droids you're looking for. These aren't the droids we're looking for. Master Skywalker, there are too many of them. What are we going to do? Help me, Obi
1: Wan Kenobi. Do I only help?
2: Hello there. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads
5: to. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, Jedi, Sith, Mandalorians, and everybody else to another edition of the New Force Order. Vida! That was French for For Life. Not French, it was Spanish. But, welcome everybody to another edition of the Star Wars podcast that we call the New Force Order, the NFO podcast. Now, if you do not know, this is a Star Wars podcast. Maybe my partner over here needs to get the defibrillator and uh shock you three times on your fucking head because you're dumber than a box of goddamn rocks. And obviously an Academy subscriber, uh, the Academy podcast, that is. You know, I was listening to the Academy podcast the other day. Not you, really, but you fell asleep. No, no, no. For the sake of this joke, I, I was listening to the Academy podcast and I gained like 7,000 pounds. I had to go buy myself a new red shirt because I was one of those red shirt Trekkie guys that gets killed on every mission. Anyway, I digress.
4: You, you, usually you lose some pounds because you're so nauseous because the two of them are so terrible. But that's the
5: side of it. <laughs> Actually, Excellent. have they produced an episode in the last year? <laughs> I have no idea. Shout out to Triple D um, and John Enright. But I digress. Allow me to introduce myself. I am one half of the NFO. I am one half of your hosts. I am all man, all god, all the time. Oh, that was good. I'm gonna use that. that needs to be a t-shirt. Ah. I am the Greek god Papadon, a.k.a. GGP. And alongside with me, it is the man who can walk on water, the man who turned water into wine. The man who actually brought the crowd to life at Yankee Stadium for once. Because they're all a bunch of deadbeats. Introduce yourself, sir.
4: I am smarter than 2 b more technical than FX7, the god of stealing thunder. And like Qui-Gon Jin said, there's always a bigger fish. Except when it comes to me, because I am the biggest fucking fish. Dr. Destroyer. Wow. i
5: I heard you like your fishy style, sideways, like the Chinese I thought that
4: for an eternity growing up, by the way What's up? I thought
5: that for an eternity growing up
4: (laughs) It makes sense, it just makes sense
5: Well folks, let's face facts here We're not here to talk about Doc saving lives Even though he did save a life at Yankee Stadium recently We're not here to talk about the many accolades of GGP in the wrestling world, we're here to talk about a galaxy far, far away. And we like to start off the show with a grand old time. Regarding our friend, your friend, fuck, it's everybody's friend, Marky Mark, a.k.a. Mark Hamill. The face that runs the place, the heart and soul of Star Wars. And usually, we talk about the tweets that he usually puts up on the Twitter Because when he scours the interwebs, he captures the hearts of the millions. And I mean millions of fans in less than 140 characters. But tonight, we're not talking about tweets. No, no, no. You see, this individual is presenting you with a plethora of words and images. What is he doing? He's coming out with a comic book in conjunction with, in collaboration with Jack in the Box. And no, that's not what... It's my Jack in a box! <laughs>
1: it's my in a box. It's in a box.
5: It's not what Doc is doing right now, but...
3: That's
4: only for Christmas and holidays.
5: That's right. Best believe it. Every day that ends in Y. Uh, but Mark Hamill joins forces with his former employer. No, not George Lucas. Jack in the box for free. My favorite four-letter F word, free. Limited edition comic book, and it's titled Return of Mark Hamill, a comic book. The promotional comic is available free of charge at Jack, Jack in the Box online merch store. There'll be physical copies in limited quantities, free shipping, which is great, and digital downloads of the comic is also available. Uh, this comic's created by Eric Stiles and Chad Goodno. The Return of Mark Hamill is illustrated by Luke Duo. Oh, Luke Duo Art and Jamie Coe, and lettered by Joshua Reed. What do you think, Doc? Are you going to buy any of these comics?
4: Here's what I think. So I got a link for this about two weeks ago, and I logged on to it, and I signed up for three free comic books. And about four days ago, I get an email from Jack in the Box. And we're like, your order is canceled. No reason why. No other fucking gimmick. Your order is canceled. So they canceled my Mark Hamill comic books. I go, I saw saw that you you posted this article into the group chat that we chat about, and um, I went back to the website to see if I could order them again, and the only thing they have available is now the digital download, so they do have physical copies available that were supposed to ship free of charge for whatever reason, Um, but apparently uh, the three I ordered are not coming, and then two of them, some of my friends ordered as well, also are not coming because they got a cancellation notice as well, so I don't know. What the deal is, I don't know why they canceled it. Maybe if you order more than one, they think you're a scalper and they want to cancel your shit, so it's possible. Um, But I'm not getting my physical copy. So Mark Hamill, fuck you, Bubba. You don't give me comic book. I'm pissed off at you.
5: So let me ask you this, though. Your three friends, are they married?
4: Are they married? Uh, Yes, I believe they all three of them are. One of them is not, but, but the other two are.
5: Okay, so two are married, you're married, and everyone's not coming. I see a very, very coincidental situation, which I don't believe in coincidences, so it might be a conspiracy. I think Mark yeah. Hamill's putting the stop on everybody coming. What do you think?
4: Yeah, apparently that's the thing. That, that or the fact that chicks just don't want to ban comic book guys. So. What
5: are you talking about? So, about radioactive man number one. Anyhow, um, best, best issue ever. <laughs> Pop. So that is that as far as Marky Mark is concerned I haven't seen any really spectacular tweets that I want to share with you, but from what I heard, he got fired him. for for acting like a clown during the drive through when he was younger. So I guess the guy is a big fucking river. So maybe yeah, that's I, it. Is, this whole thing's a that, giant rib. Yeah. Is that
4: when he was employed by Jack in the box?
5: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: I didn't realize Jack in the box is around for so long. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a California West coast kind of company. Um, uh, I know, Papa Don, that you do not indulge in any of the uh, the horrible, horrible fast food in the world. Nope. Um, but unfortunately, I do. I love it, uh, and Jack in the Box is one of my favorites. And whenever any time I'm in Cali visiting my in laws, usually the first night I'll sneak out. I'll grab. I'll, I'll you know whip the Lexus around and drive the four or five blocks up up the. Uh, up the, up the hill over there in the in, in the sherman oaks and grab myself some uh some jack-in-the-box because they have a special nighttime menu that pops up after midnight where they basically slam all the shit they have together and make like onion ring fucking pizza and all this little crazy shit it's pretty nuts tremendous i, I got one of my favorite sayings that i tell people at work from jack-in-the-box it's uh extra sauce costs extra
5: nice <laughs> that can be interpreted Many, so many, many, many ways yes. I love it I love it well, People compl- complain about
4: uh, People complain about the ER bill I'm like extra sauce costs extra
5: Listen that's open-ended Like fucking Brian Knobbs' asshole dude Well played <laughs> hey, You know the picture I'm talking about too. Oh I do I saw it <laughs> Listen Let's talk about great things And this great thing I'm about to mention which fell in our laps this week And um, No it's not a stripper that we paid for Because we don't pay for them They come to us Because we're the NFO baby No I'm kidding uh, <laughs> Not Not Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, a Jedi's return on Disney Plus September 8th. Now, what is this?
2: What is this? Before
5: you go on,
4: before you go on, was I the only one who thought this was the season two announcement?
5: That's what I thought for a second. Okay, for a split second. Okay, good. I'm with you. But here, September 8th, isn't that also um, Disney Plus Day? I don't know. Is it? Or, or they're having the, some kind of fucking meeting or Disney Plus meeting, shareholder me meet, I don't know, something to do with Disney Plus. They're dropping this. I wouldn't be surprised that at the end of this episode they mention season two of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, you know what? Let's play the link right now. Play the trailer right now and let, and let the people hear this out because it was really interesting.
0: I remember clearly the first time I saw Star Wars.
2: Hello there.
1: It's a surreal world to be a part of. Coming back to it after all these years was very meaningful to me. My first day on set, I shouted, Obi-Wan. I saw a hand go up. I feel hugely fortunate to be able to do this but also a big responsibility to try to do it right.
0: Obi-Wan Kenobi is an iconic character. I don't think I'd imagine the scale of the series.
1: It blew my mind. So many people have such an emotional relationship to the Star Wars galaxy. It's in everybody's life.
5: had it you and mcgregor in a sexy voice asking people do you remember the first time you saw star wars i did but anyhow um this is just a i guess i don't know if it's series or the first or just a one episode shot of uh yeah
4: it's the good. gallery i, I never I, I never know anymore with the gallery stuff it's like you can give me five episodes or just like here's 10 minutes but here's the deal they didn't call it the gallery why i don't know why what do you think I don't
5: know I you had an Did, idea over there you seem like you were brewing something you, oh, i am brewing something but uh that's something else i had too much <laughs> that's <twitch. for> later. <laughs> no seriously um, sauce. do you think it's because this is more of a kathleen kennedy project than a john favreau uh dave filoni thing I mean, for oh. them to
4: do that they would have to really hate each other Like really really hate each other
5: Bro well, there's so much rumors and innuendos Going around you know my theory about everything But I don't know man I mean at least they'll get to see The behind the scenes uh, Regarding the show Whether you loved it or hated it Or in between of it, it doesn't matter What's better than Star Wars Doc More fucking Star Wars baby And you know what else Doc More more Star Wars Yes, but you know what else? We're not what getting more Star Wars according to Disney Plus, because Why? because Disney Plus has officially posted the services for September twenty two release slate, and there is one glaring omission: the Bad Batch season glaring two glaring omission. A- so I said glaring, Bad Batch, which was slated for September twenty eighth, back in June, is now. Not around. So it could be a sign that it's going to be delayed or they're going to drop it spare uh surprisingly and sparingly. What do you think?
4: Uh I think they would have announced that they were gonna come out with it. So I'm not so sure why they're doing this. Maybe they need a little bit of last-minute, you know, razzle dazzle magic to to push it through, or maybe they're afraid now because that Andor is also pushed back that they don't want to crash into Andor and um, you know, steal a little bit of thunder over there. So that's one of them is my guess. You know, we're gonna see that some point and, and honestly. I'm fine with the, you know, one one show released by or or a slight, you know, overlap between shows than them just dropping everything at the same time. I think it makes it makes a little more sense.
5: I don't. I think it's all a bunch of fucking malarkey
4: and
5: <laughs> well, shenanigans. You, you want it all
4: shot out of one shot?
5: No, this is what I want. OK, you all, you have a streaming service. There's seven days in a week. Right. We used to watch TV back in the day. Monday nights was this shows, Tuesday night was this show, Wednesday night was these shows, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, etc., etc., etc. So why can't Disney st- or any streaming service have certain nights have certain shows? Monday, Book of Boba Fett, Tuesday, Andor, Wednesday, um I don't know, fucking Mandalorian season 3, Thursday, uh, you know, whatever new Star Wars So, Bad Batch, Friday uh, Palpatine
4: you, you want me to tell you that, why, why that's the case? Is because if they do that in one shot And then someone's going to watch them all within a week And then cancel a Disney Plus until they do it again No, so but this by is By them gonna... staggering all these shows that they have made They're generating that money On a weekly basis That's what they're looking th- for, looking for weekly basis money
5: I, I I, think it doesn't work that way I think, I think they would get more bang for their buck if they were able to release things like a network television, and every night they have something new. I'm, for example, Monday nights, Marvel night, Tuesday night, uh, Star Wars night, Wednesday night, uh, Go fuck your mother night, whatever the case so, may hey. be. You know <laughs> what I mean? So this—that's th- <laughs> the night I want to see. <laughs> so you just—just just, I don't know. Any man. mother or my mother? Because
4: <laughs> I don't want to do that.
5: No, no, that'd be weird. But uh. Anyhow, let's, uh, let's get back to our, our galaxy far, far away. Doc, do you know that Star Wars likes to put their confirmation on certain things? And I recently they put a confirmation on a certain out Jedi outpost and it's dark fate.
4: Dark fate? I don't know what dark fate means. What Jedi outpost? What are we talking about here? You're speaking <laughs> of riddles now.
5: Riddle me this, Batman. Alright, in Star Wars number 25
4: Oh, comic books, here we go Continue. In the
5: story See you around, kid By Charles Soule Will Sliney Guru EFX And Clayton Cowles Kylo Ren was going searching the galaxy For, for Luke He was pissed that he got played Luke. on Crate Luke! Yes He was pissed he got played on Crate By Luke's Force Projection so he went around looking all over the place for Luke, and Luke, being the greatest hide and seek champion next to Bigfoot ever in the history of man, couldn't find him. So, what happened? He goes back to Osis, where the first Jedi temple That's is. Because he was dead, kid. <laughs> he stole my gimmick. Get off my plane. Anyway, right? He bombed Osis and destroyed the first Jedi hey, temple.
4: Who, who bombed Isis?
5: No, bombed Ossus, oh. Where, where the first Jedi temple. <laughs> Where we got saw it. Luke on man, on uh, Book of Boba Fett. Oh, God, I got it,
4: got it. Osis.
5: That was the first Jedi temple ever in canon. Sounds like a Jewish story. Continue. And he bombed it and destroyed it because he was pissed. Got all emo.
3: Wah, I'm going to bomb you. <laughs>
5: uh, tremendous. Okay, I guess you don't give a fuck. We might give a fuck about this. You like Return of the Jedi, right? Love Return of the Jedi. Okay, and you love the special edition ending, correct? With all the different places they show Coruscant, they show all this and the other.
4: Uh, yeah, I don't think it took away from the original. Um, so I, it doesn't bother me at all.
5: Okay. Do you realize that the Coruscant scene at the end of Return of the Jedi is much darker than it actually seems? Mm.
4: I don't know. My TV was pretty bright that day, so I don't i don't know what you're referring to over here.
5: Um, let me explain there, Sunshine, because it looks like uh, all my segues are not hitting tonight. Either that or you need to read the articles, but it's okay. Um, although Palpatine Aww, died... Yes. <laughs> although Palpatine died during Endor, the battle of Endor, yeah, Corus- yes. Coruscant... Rem- thank you. Coruscant remained after... Remained the capital of his empire, right? This meant that the citizens who set off the fireworks toppled the statues of the empire. So, Coruscant still the capital of the empire, and the people yep. that, uh, the citizens that set off the fireworks toppled the statues. Yep, uh, attacked the stormtroopers were all met with violent retaliation from re- imperial oh, forces resulting in numerous extrajudicial killings and executions of civilians. Coruscant continued to serve as an imperial stronghold until its liberation by the New Republic, which happened a year later in canon after the Battle of Jakku, which was also spoke about in the Afterman- Aftermath Trilogy. So, bet you never thought them apples, huh?
4: That's what, that's what they get, those fucking scabs. How dare they?
5: You think Holly's at home cheering right now? Die, Rebel scums, sure. die! Exactly. And her Kylo fucking gap sweater.
4: <laughs> you leave her gap sweater alone.
5: Shout out to the sisters of uh, the NFL. All she right, holds st-
4: it very theater, She holds it very dear
5: to her heart. Well, cool. Star Wars confirms the Rebel's first victory after the Empire Strikes Back. Do you know when this happened?
4: Rebel's first victory was the Battle of Waterloo. It was led by General Robert E. Lee <laughs> who died on custer's last stand
5: oh god jesus you're fucking batting a thousand today
4: I so they i read them fast not much retention
5: all right look they confirmed that in star wars 26 from charles souls and andre genole
4: oh, That the italian guy
5: uh yeah he's gonna get a lay um the Rebellion's first true victory against the Empire following the Battle of Hoth took place on Imperial Unity Day. The Rebels ventured into the Core Worlds, daring to strike at the heart of the Empire's control. With it, with Imperial propaganda having reported that the Rebellion's demised, demise following Hoth, this epic strike comes as a major surprise to the entire galaxy. So basically, it was the sleeper hole, two hands down, third one, no, 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 sunshine, it's up. The Empire is not relinquishing the Rebels yet. And that was the first.
4: Major gimmick. victory, eh? Nice.
5: Okay. You can care less. Another thing in Charles, um, in, uh, Charles Souls, Star Wars 26. All right. Uh, this issue, which we were talking about, sees the rebellion regrouping after finally defeating the recently introduced female Darth Vader, AKA Elian Zara. And attacking on Imperial Unity Day Parade on the female core Darth world.
4: Vader. What do you think that smells like?
5: Yeah, if it, it smells like fish, eat all you wish. All right. And attacking on the Imperial <laughs> Unity Day Parade on the core world of Barleth. B A R The mission was an unquestioned success. The rebels got in and out without any casualties while destroying a number of imperial equipment and weapons. They also ensured that no civilians were harmed. The rebels were in an understandably festive mood. Upon returning to their capital ship, amidst their revelry, one of the pilots asked Luke to ignite his lightsaber. That sounds very dirty. And it was clear that it wasn't the first time that such a request has been made. Ooh. Luke, you dirty boy. Yeah. At, f- at first, Luke was reluctant. Bullseye
4: but he was a little shy. He was a little shy. He didn't want to ignite his lightsaber.
5: Yeah, well, 20 bucks is 20 bucks. 20 Imperial credits is 20 Imperial credits, right?
4: Imperial credits are no good here.
5: But eventually he gave in. Sucker. He drew his yellow lightsaber, much to the marvel of the Luke is light- Asian? Oh, Oh, Rook. Rook Skywalker.
4: Rook
3: Skywalker.
5: (laughs) Oh, we're going to hell.
1: (laughs) You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator.
0: So
5: it became a saying that the yellow sky, the, the yellow lightsaber was like a beacon of help, a beacon of uh, a yeah, symbol of hope. Symbol of hope,
4: great. And and when like, was the last time we saw a, a yellow lightsaber? I don't know, whatever.
5: Uh, Kenner, maybe.
4: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, well, that's true. But I'm saying in general, when you know they're saying that this yellow lightsaber was a symbol of hope. Have we seen that symbol anywhere else? Like afterwards, or are they just like kind of like you know remaking canon just for
5: the fuck of it? Oh, you mean to coincide with Ray's yellow lightsaber to make well, Ray no, not, not
4: the point.
3: bestest ever.
4: But you see, but I would think, you know, if he he ignites it and it becomes a symbol of hope for them, they would use that symbol going forward. Like, you know, the, the Jedi symbol is not a yellow lightsaber. It's just some random fucking.
5: So can, can I ask lightsaber. you a, can I ask you an honest question? Yes. Honest. Is Sharon's symbol your cock? Because that's hope for her.
4: Of course. It's been hope. Look at it. It's given two children. It's given her the rider her life. I mean, come on. Hundred percent. <laughs> she, has a t- she, has, she has a tattooed on her forearm. Really? In life-size detail, too. It goes from her armpit all the way down to her wrist. It's
5: amazing. Tremendous. I love yes. it. She says. I love it. Did she call you Snuffleupagus? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> oh, Duck one, snip the tip. Anyway, Han Solo and Chewbacca didn't change any major part of Star Wars canon. Did you know this?
4: Thank God. I mean, you know, there was a big concern that in uh, Han Solo issue, I don't know, five or four or six or twelve, whichever one is out recently, that um they introduced a character as they were flying around their little uh, you know, spacecraft over there. Um that was Han Solo's father, Oven Oven Solo or something like that yep. his name was. And he um you know, had convinced Han that, I'm your dear old, I'm your dear old dad, kid. Um, and then they, they, you know, they were I given, I
5: am your father.
4: Well, it was actually the exact opposite because they found out at the end that he was actually not the father and true Maury style. Um, so it gave Han like a reverse Luke moment where he thought he found his daddy, but in reality it was some dude named like, uh, Kaivo Vano or something, something that was trying to jack, this uh the box thing that the box exactly it's always about the box that han had um procured for jabba hut, um because he wanted to get the bounty on this thing whatever this thing was so we got a little bit of han daddy and then we did not have any han daddy so he goes back to the beginning again which is good little, for everybody
5: a little bait and switch with this this little story in canon there yep. are two, they're two slightly contradictory stories in Ultimate Star Wars Reference Book, it implies Han was an orphan because his father died. However, Solo, a Star Wars story, which is a better movie than Rise of Skywalker, suck it, Holly, just kidding, expanded novelization, indicated that Han's father had abandoned him at an early age. That's why the fans were all upset about this, uh, Oven Solo claiming he's Han's dad and, uh, Han Solo and Chewbacca number one, but like you said, by the end, by number five, Han's like, yeah, uh, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't believe him. And he put a tracker on him. He's kind of stole the the Falcon and he ended up being some c- notorious criminal named Corbus Tyra. Yep. And then Han, Han realized that they got the Falcon back and took care of this dude at the end of the story. So the you, Raptor, you, a, you would think
4: that Han wouldn't fall for a gimmick like that. I mean, come on.
5: Hey, man. Shit happens. You know what I mean?
4: You got old daddy, uh, you know, nostalgic. It was like, I think, oh, your mom, me. I think
5: you're my daddy. Can we you you, go play catch? You never seen Elf? You never seen Guardians of the Galaxy 2? Of course. I guess, uh, <laughs> yes, I, this is true. You know? This is, this is true. Listen, uh, uh, are, you,
3: are you my daddy?
5: <laughs> you want to hear something funny? I work with somebody, right? And this dude is a fucking awesome guy. You'd love him. He's a prankster. So he likes to fuck with his neighbors. I'm not mentioning his name just for his sanity. So one day one of his neighbors or, or his brother or because he fucks with everybody paid some little redhead ginger kid to come walk up because he's redhead. Walk up to his door, ring his bell and goes I was told that you are my daddy. He did this to daddy, his brother? I- to his brother. Yeah, his, no, his brother did this to him. You know? Or his yeah. neighbor did this to him. Whoever the fuck. one of Somebody he knew that he uh. fucked with. In retaliation, he pay some little redhead kid to come up to the door and say, Daddy, I'm home. You know, hey, hey, you're my dad. And he, yeah, told, he turned total Casper, you know, total blank face. And then he looked up the block. He saw the kid, guy that he knew, whether it was his brother a neighbor, laughing fucking, you know, balls to the fucking wall and realized it was a fucking rib. And That's
4: fantastic.
5: I guess you had to be there or those not.
4: Are the best, no, those, are, those are the best. Those are the best. Getting so, back, the prankster.
5: Yes. Uh, nothing better than a receipt. Especially reminds when me of a story when someone took a shit in somebody's gym bag in the WWE. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't me because I've never been booked there. Anyway, Star Wars announces Endgame. Amelia Clark's Kira.
4: Oh, I thought we were talking about Thanos for a second.
5: Nope, 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 nope. Uh, so Star Wars is official. Their website unveiled the first look at the covers of Star Wars Hidden Empire number one. One of them has a picture of her, um, with these two electro looking blades, and the other one's a picture of her fighting the uh, Palpatine. Uh, basically, it's the beginning of the final act of Charles Soules' trilogy of miniseries starring Kira. Charles Soules described Hidden Empire as the end game for Kira. your new empire. The, uh, and fuck, you threw me off. Hey, Charles Soule described Hidden Empire as the end game for Kira in this phase of her story. And he quotes, this new story is designed to deliver the big finale to Kira's story. At least this phase of it. She emerged from years of hiding in the elaborate, incredible plan to bring down the Sith. A Hidden Empire is the end game. To tie up loose ends, Soule is bringing all the key players back to the story. Uh, to describe as a tragedy for Kira in a good way. It brings in players from all over Star Wars universe, from Vader to Afra to the Knights of Ren. And I think it's really satisfying, but tragic. As I had a character say in the very first issue of Crimson Rain, Kira's story is a tragedy, but in a good way. The intent for Hidden Empire is to deliver a deeply satisfying conclusions. You're getting a hand job. You're getting a hand job. Everyone's <laughs> getting a hand job. That's Oprah. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, disgusting. Anyway. So, it's to deliver a deeply satisfying conclusion to the trilogy by showing the ramifications of Kira's choices which will have on the events surrounding the story. God damn it, this fucking phone. Sorry there, folks. Um So. So is she going to die, you think? I don't know. Hold on. i choice. raffigate Hidden empire is set between episode five and six. So there are things this story can do and things it can't. That said, I think it will deliver a deeply satisfying, satisfying conclusion. To Kira's arc here and readers will understand how her choices in the story impacted events all across the star Wars galaxy at this time. Part of that process is creating connections to the original trilogy films and soul predicts, Fans will be very happy with what they see. There are direct connections here to both Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi and beyond. And I think the fans will be very happy. Those are big words. Yeah. You think she's going to bite the bullet?
4: Um, Well, with her complete absence in anything other than Solo in the comics, um, especially going forward, I got to imagine that she's gonna you know hit a big dirt nap because uh it would be emotional for the character we, you know bring her back and then just to kill her um emotional and gonna...
5: <laughs> damn <it. laughs> and we
4: really we really don't see her ever in the future so
5: i couldn't <laughs> even get that out by popping because you pop you prick <laughs> <laughs>
4: i think she's gonna i think she's gonna die Got
5: gotcha. you're gonna die hold on lady you gonna die um I don't know, man. I like the way, I I like what he's saying, man. That it's going to tie into certain things and it's going to, we're going to feel its impact. It might have more implications when we see a different scene down the road. What's
4: what's it going to tie into that would be for the OT stuff? I'm just trying to.
5: I don't know. No idea. I don't know. But you know what? What they should do now that they got the fucking, the technology to do it, they should fucking put, they should take these three stories this trilogy of short stories in the comics and make a series you know for kira yeah i don't think they're Starting gonna do this. any
4: of these uh any of these you know comics in the series it's just it's just not gonna
5: happen i know it's not but they should i'm not saying okay. should, should do a lot of things but unfortunately they're fucking not what be it be a w wasting
4: right? 4.5 billion dollars anyway
5: Alright, so opinion. this
4: is my opinion, people. That's all.
5: Jedi Fallen Order book is gonna come out and it's it's a, uh it's gonna set up the sequel. A Did you know this?
4: That a book that uh like a book, like a like a reading book or one of these
5: companion uh, books? A novel. A novel. According to Star Wars, that the fans of Fallen Order. The game's upcoming sequel is due some out sometime next year, it will be preceded by an official tie-in novel, bridging the gap between the two games. Star Wars mm-hmm. Jedi Battle Scars will be written by Sam Maggs, who has previously penned books and comics for Marvel and DC, plus video games such as Tiny Tina's Wonderland and, finally, the upcoming Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake. Set between Fallen Order and the next year's Jedi Survivor, it will once again follow the series' protagonist, Cal Cal Castus, and the crew of The Mantis, looking to hit the bookshelves around March 7th, 2023.
4: My brother's birthday.
5: Oh, that prick! Fuck that guy. <laughs> um, would you read it? Would you have any interest? Uh, in zero,
4: zero. Listen, I, I, I barely played the game. I'm not gonna go dig out a book about calcastus Fuck him.
5: I don't care. I'll listen to it on Audible. Yeah, I uh, know you will. Vision season two. Did you ever watch Vision season one? You
4: know what? I still haven't gotten. I've I watched most of it, but I still haven't gotten to the rest of it. It's just, you know, sitting on the bottom of my queue, there's so many fucking things I want to watch. I just started watching Only Murderers in the, in the, in the building. How great is it, dude? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm almost done with season one. Um, you know, I'm watching Rick and Morty. I've got like 18 things on the sports queue to watch. It's
5: like, no time, man. No time. Gotcha. So you watch your fucking Chinese Handball on the Ocho? Who? Huh? Chinese Handball on the Ocho? Exactly. Of course. No, you don't get the reference? No,
4: don't get the reference. You
5: don't remember Dodgeball, ESPN 8, The Ocho? Oh, yes. Got oh, yeah, you're, you're Mark. Anyway, season two of Visions will include non-anime You're episodes. the Mark. <laughs> no, you're a Mark. We're all Marks. Star Wars Visions showrunner James Waugh teases-, <laughs> teases that season two Of the Disney Plus series will move beyond anime and explore other animation styles. Now, when I read this, I said, wait a minute. Wasn't Vision supposed to be non-canon anime stuff? If they're just going to put on Star Wars cartoons that are not anime, the fuck's the point? Why not just put on Star Wars cartoons that are canon? But then I read the article and it kind of makes sense. So listen to this. You tell me if it's full of shit or you go, hey, I'll allow it. While Season 1 of Star Wars Visions explored the symbiotic relationship between the franchise and Japanese culture, Season 2 will look beyond anime to tell its stories. Executive producer James Watts spoke to Deadline about crafting the unique Star Wars anthology series and how the upcoming second season will continue to evolve the show's approach to animation. The first anthology is anime because we love the style of it. But personally, my intention for Visions was to always let be let it be a more broad palette because there's so much great animation work going on in the world. There's so many interesting voices in all sorts of other mediums that are really focused on animation right now. And we really wanted it to be in a way, a sub brand that allowed for different creators to come celebrate star Wars from their own unique cultural perspectives. Visions volume two is sort of a global tour of some of the most interesting animation studios on a global level. We have studios from Africa, Chile, England, Ireland, France, India. And the guiding light there was that we wanted their storytelling to be a reflection of what Star Wars meant in their culture. But also a reflection of the myths and stories that could only come out of their cultural context. Spring next year is currently where we're targeting and I think it's an absolute beautiful anthology. We've always been a big fans of anime and Lucasfilm. Wa said... We are all watching a lot of anime and it became sort of a lingua fraca in a way like shorthand between people in the animation department with the way we referenced it since we love the medium. We always talked about how we could do that and how we could honor the creative development processes and uh, which are very different in Japan. I, also, I was also looking at ways to find an outlet that could let really amazing creators come in and celebrate Star Wars in their own way. There was a book George Lucas did where he hired all these incredible artists to do their own unique paintings using Star Wars as an influence. The breadth of cool, interesting looks of Star Wars that came out of that was just really inspiring. None of this would fit into any typical Star Wars story, but without that framework, you wouldn't have gotten that great art.
4: Interesting. Um... You know, I I'm I'm okay with the the idea that handing the reins to some non-canon stuff to explain what Star Wars means in various countries because that 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 actually interests me to see how it's you know not just spread through the United States um, but through other you know countries that we may not have really thought of or really anticipated to to like Star Wars like Africa. There is a show on Netflix. I'm blanking on the name right now. It's got a weird name, but it's all these like anthology animation stuff that's on it. And some of the animation is absolutely ridiculous. That looks almost real. Um, Somebody will probably pop it out. I can't remember the fucking name. Um, Something robot something has like a three, three, three thing name. But it's really fantastic and the animation is great. And I think if they tap into some of those people to do it, we're going to get some really cool Star Wars stuff, despite the fact that it's non canon.
5: So you allow it? I allow it. There you go. Doc allows it, folks. Everyone allows it. So, Star Wars. Or Star Wars. Um, I want to do an anthology film from a Greek point of view where we have a guy. Whoa, a Sith, hold on a second here. Who's a Sith Lord, and he fights a Jedi shark? What do you think?
4: I think, it's, I think that would be hilarious. How does he win, them? Um, clever editing. Yes, well played. Well played. Oh, so Doc, if he, he flies on um on Darth Vader's uh, TIE fighter,
5: yeah, right into he crashes right into the ocean to fight the shark, which is a female shark. So Andor. That slid into his DMs. <laughs> uh, and name Reva or Ravon. Anyhow. Andor. Andor actor Denise Gao or Go G-O-U-G-H on how her character arc addresses gender politics in the new age of Palpatine. Boy, here we go. So you sent me this article. Do you want to touch base on it? Um, Oh, you don't remember?
4: I I remember, but um, it's brief about her talking about...
5: I don't know. Read it. Go,
4: go. I'll comment on it.
5: Somebody's too busy painting fucking Peter Parker's penis over (laughs) there. Peter Okay, so we're not talking about another Sith sausage party, according to this article. I'm definitely And
4: that's her quote, right?
5: Yeah. I'm definitely on the dark side, grins the actor Ooh, Denise yeah, Kyle. No, no Noting to her brief but fearsome appearance in the Andor trailer as an Imperial officer, Dedra Miro. Excited to be joining Star Wars growing roster of female baddies, the two-time Olivia Winner describes a shot where she dons the Imperial's issue jacket And as the cameo pulls around, you see it's a woman in that outfit, and that just felt great. Great, great, great. Gal's arc will address gender politics the age of Palpatine in a timely fashion. As a woman in that world, for her to advance in any way, she has to be like ten times better than anyone else in that room. And that felt really (laughs) (laughs) relevant. A
3: little pepper grinder.
4: (laughs) I swear,
5: I swear, I normally don't do this. Yeah. Good. I feel the hate in you, and soon you'll feel my come. <laughs> in alright, anyway, and that felt really relevant to everything we're going through right now. Yeah. As such, she believes yours will be on Deirdre's side to point to a point. Anyway, it's a clever thing to do to show you how hard she has to work. reckon, yeah. Gal. It's kind of brings you to into the field cheerleady wait it it kind of brings you into feel cheerleading for her and then you'll be like she's a psycho so be careful supporting her so this is what I don't get they do know I mean from what I understand and what I saw from my own two eyes uh, actors and you know actresses do realize that this shit is all fake. And it's all <laughs> it's all bullshit. Like Carol Danvers, uh, aka what was it, Miss Marvel or uh mm-hmm. Captain Marvel? Yeah, whole... Larson, it's still
3: real to me, damn it.
5: Free Larson going on interviews saying, like, uh, uh, I'm the strongest Avenger. And then was like, Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. No, I'm really the strongest. It's like, bitch, you're not strong. It's a fucking character. You know what I mean? Like Get over yourself. She's working herself up to a shoot. Uh, it's ridiculous. Anyway, that's how I feel about this bullshit. Why do why 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 do we need to make everything about fucking politics and nonsense? Why can't we just have a good fucking story? I don't understand why people have to do this all the time. It's like really, this is what you this is what your lives are are, are, are pertain to just politics and and idealism and all this nonsense. I mean, I really hope. I really, really, really hope it doesn't come down to this because let's face facts here. You you include political ideology that's not Star Wars political ideology into any, any aspect of Star Wars. It never works. It never works.
4: Yeah, we haven't seen it work yet.
5: The only time it works is when you do it in a way where it feels organic. Like George Lucas did it with the uh, uh what do you call it?
4: Palpatine.
5: El- no no, well Palpatine uh and um Endor. That was being like a uh, Vietnam. Vietnam, right? So for watching it it wasn't forced to say hey, this is why I'm doing it. Look, I'm doing this because it's supposed to emulate this. Yeah. You know, what I mean later on down the line when they start interviewing him he says, "Well, I got my idea from this, and that's what I was trying to orchestrate." Yeah, it,
4: it's it's not overtly like a uh, actual carbon copy of what you know the the issue is. It's like, oh yeah, I can understand how that would be like that.
5: So, what do you think is going to happen on on uh on, on the words of uh, the actor Ender? You Ender, Ender.
4: Um, I I have no idea. Um. But I, I can probably tell you it's not as exciting and grand as she thinks it is. So
3: <laughs>
4: you win for a surprise, lady.
5: Uh, hold on. It's gonna be bumpy why. You ain't,
4: you ain't gonna be that important. So um Okay. Whatever. Who knows? Uh again, they have to shoehorn all the stuff inside there. And I get it, and I understand it. But you know, as 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 a keen eye, as you sit and watch um all these cartoons and shows and blah blah blah. You start to see a little more of these of the of the political stuff kind of seeping in, you know, there like you said there was a scene in um I saw I just saw Super Pets. you were talking about Super Pets, yes. right? Yeah. And there was that scene where like, you know, the the, the two moms were kissing or whatever, and then there was um something in Buzz Light year, and then there was something else recently and something else. It's like oh God, like how much inclusion do we have to have at this point? It's like, come on.
5: Agreed. If it uh, if it isn't part of the story, doesn't add anything to the story, it's not organic. It should not be there, uh, because then it just convolutes everything. It makes everything just a hot mess. And yep. we've said this before. And I had this conversation with someone else recently, and they're saying, "Oh, what about in- you about including it? And getting people to know that it just exists?" I go, "Yeah, there's a time and place for that. And if it if it if, if it if it fits the story, then use it. Fine, but." If you're just putting it there to check off a box for the sake of just checking off a box, you're not doing yeah, any... You're doing is, more, more it harm feels, than good. It feels forced. Yeah. It's yeah. like telling a kid to eat your fucking vegetables and they don't want to eat the vegetables and they feed it to the dog once the mom's back's turned. You know what I mean? So, And the dog doesn't want to eat it? Exactly. The dog will not eat that shit. He's like, fuck you, Andrew. I don't want your crap. Um, so, Doc. Alond walks into the library tells the librarian, uh, I like a pizza to go. Librarian looks around and goes, Lady, this is a library. She goes, Oh, I'm sorry. I like a pizza to go. (laughs) Ah, ah, ah. That's a great joke. Oh, my fucking thumb there. All right. These blondes. Yeah. Anyway, did you watch um, Day
4: Shift yet? Uh, I did not. That's the vampire movie, right? With Jamie Fox,
5: very good. Yeah,
4: I, I have not, I have not.
5: If you like *Zombieland*, you you kind of like this. Not as good as *Zombieland*, but this was it's really good. I enjoyed it. But,
4: but similar, got it.
5: Uh, the chick who's playing Sabine Wren, she's in it. Yeah, she's in it. And they recently had an interview with her, yes. Natasha. Natasha Lou Bordizzo. not Frank Rizzo. I always say that. L- L- Lizzo, Lizzo, Frank Rizzo.
4: <laughs> Should I bring my glasses?
2: <laughs> Hello? Hello. Hello. Roofing. Yeah. How you doing? Good. How are Listen, you? All right. Look, I got a little problem here. I got some leaks up in the roof there. Yeah. I had some guys here yesterday, some Mexican, little Mexicans there up there whacking away at my roof. They tell me this that, and the other thing. Next thing you know, it rains, I got the rain coming right down inside. When up there, you know, they're they're trying to show me this, that. I fired the two of the fuckers off on their fucking head. They don't know what the fuck they're doing up there. My wife's up there poking around. She's making like she knows what the fuck is up. I fired her down onto the fucking car. (laughs) Now, what I need here, buddy, is I need this fucking thing done right. Tell me what you can do for me. (laughs) Are you kidding me? No, I'm not fucking putting you on, man. This is aggravating me now. (laughs) This shit's going on My wife, she's up there poking around like she knows what the fuck she's doing i kick it right up the fucking ass, threw it down onto the fucking car. <laughs> Show me what you can do now. I, ne- I, I really need this. It's all along the side of the fucking house. The water's coming in like a sieve. <laughs> hey, this is a fucking joke, huh? <laughs> Come on, buddy, help me out here. Okay, what's your name? Frank Rizzo. Spell it. R-I-Z-Z-O. R-I-Z-Z-O. Yeah, now this problem, this has been going on for years now. You know, You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The rain just comes in. It's like buckets on my fucking head it's getting out of line now I got the fucking kids up there playing on the fucking roof this is bullshit give me your address it's 503 5th Street 503 5th Street all right listen mm-hmm. what do you do you go up there with the kettles the pots the fucking hot shit what do you do talk to me well I have to come see what all right cuz you know what happens here I got a lot of fucking problems these little these little Mexican fuckers they were up there with the hot shit Mm -hmm. And their fucking joke, they were up there slapping each other with the hot mops. I don't need this kind of shit. All right? Yeah. So I had to go up there, true to two fuckers, right down in the yard. Split their fucking heads. Out of here.
3: Well, who'd you hire
2: to do that? I don't know the name of the fuckers. I thought I was going to get a little break on the price. The little bastards are up on the roof running around like fucking retards. Huh. Well. One of them come through the fucking window. He thinks he's cute. He's playing his little games. He fired his friend through my fucking window. He landed down in the living room. (laughs) Hey, I can't have this shit. Gee, many Christmas. All right, Bob, you help me out there. Okay. All right. I want you to come over here. You look at the fucking roof. You get your hands right in there and get your hands fucking dirty, and you see what the problem is.
3: Uh-huh.
2: All right, we'll see if we can fix this shit up. Huh. Okay? I'll give you a call. All right, if I get in your way anything like that, you fire me down into the fucking yard, okay? Okay. All right. Bye.
5: So, Natasha Lou Bordizzo. Um, it, 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 it sounds is like
4: a, S- Snoop Dogg gave her her name,
5: yeah. She, Natasha Liz Bordizzo. Bordizzo, fizzle. yeah. <laughs> um, she reveals in an interview how she auditioned for Ahsoka doing a scene at Top Gun.
4: <laughs> I-, I walked in, and there was this big black couch, and the guy had a handheld camera, <laughs> he was
5: wearing a black hat, a cowboy hat, and the other one was a chef. I don't know what was going on. But I got part. <laughs> the village people. All right, so here she goes. She goes. I remember, it like it was, like uh, it was a very, very coded thing that didn't give you any information. I had a scene from Top Gun to audition with, and I played this male pilot, p- pilot. And then there was another scene. I can't remember what it was from, but obviously it wasn't a scene from the show. So I just knew it was a very elusive John Favreau-related project. And at this point, like most actors, for my own mental health, I sent off the tape and didn't think about it again. I've I've been through absolute circuses with casting, where it's like four callbacks, two director zooms, and then it's just complete silence. You never hear from anyone again. So I sent off the tape, didn't hear anything for a few weeks, and thought, yep, that's another one. But she got the part. And she did a great job in um, in Day Shift. So I'm looking forward to what she brings regarding uh, Ahsoka Tano's show as uh, Sabine Run. Doc, don't you hate it when that shit happens? When
4: well, what shit happens?
5: You, you, get, you get ghosted.
4: Oh, oh wait. I never get ghosted.
5: You never got ghosted. Never. You're you're like a five-star top-tier fucking shelf thing on Grinder. That's right. I, I, I'm...
4: I'm filet mignon it's like you know, you know you know when you walk into the butcher and you gotta pick out that number that's how I get picked my friend <laughs> what Six number are you 69 <laughs> <laughs> oh, always it's, it,
5: the, the number is just 69
4: <laughs> <laughs> every number is 69
5: tremendous alright now recently this is the big news of the week besides the whole Kenobi thing that fell out the sky a couple days ago Filoni Favaro did a Interview with entertainment weekly Now it's a seven minute interview Seven and a half minutes we're not playing It now we'll play it at the end of the episode For you people so you can listen to so instead Of an outro song we'll play the Interviews or stay on and listen it's very entertaining If that's okay with the editor Editor is that Okay with you that works for me Okay so we're just Going to go through some points in this interview That were brought up Um Throughout the interview so here we go John Favreau explains How Mandalorian Ahsoka Boba Fett and Skeleton Crew All connect Doc how do they connect Ah pop Stockton to Malone and Malone Delivers well done doc So according to Favreau and I quote all these shows that we've Worked on Mandalorian Ahsoka Boca Boba Fett Now Skeleton Crew they all exist within the same Time frame they all exist after Return of the Jedi, so between uh, 6 and 7, there's a 30 years that are somewhat unexplored, unexplored, certainly on the screen. Favreau, who oversees the man divorce with Star Wars executive producer and executive creator director, Dave Filoni, acknowledged that the 30-year span, known as the Rise of the First Order in Disney's official canon, has been explored in novels and and the extended universe, but in the television format, Favreau said this, There's a lot of room. <laughs>
4: yeah,
5: there's a lot of room for us to tell stories. And there are a lot of characters that are in play because we know who's around at that time. In Mandalorian, we begin to introduce these characters. We begin begin to remind people who we knew that who knew them already, or if you're familiar with the other works and you're just coming into this show, we're introducing them for the first time. This affords us the opportunity to have stories that interconnect and characters that go from one story to the other, and that creates a very rich fabric for us to explore. So, what do you think? Um, a lot of fluff? No, it's, you know, it's shit that we know. I mean, the, the, the,
4: these guys, they, I think, besides being very good storytellers, they're also very, very political, and they know how to answer things that are not going to you know, put them in a position where they look like they're um going against the grain of the kk over there so they're not going to ruffle any feathers at least in public
5: and it's all political bullshit so they're not they're not going to get mkk ultra no
4: not at all (laughs) they they know how to stay in line
5: all right speaking about lines no i'm kidding um (laughs) who do you want to who do you want to see the cameo in star wars
4: I don't want to see Cam. You want like, as in, like an actor or as anybody? In like character,
5: Sharon, actor, whoever. Who do you want oh, to see? Oh, Besides,
4: yourself. I want to see, I want to see a Greek guy Papadon play um, uh, a, a
5: young Mace Windu.
3: <laughs>
5: Tremendous. No, seriously.
4: You guys have the same uh, hair ha- uh, hairdresser. So, um, <sighs> let's see who would I want to see in Star Wars. Um... I think Matt Smith, who is known for many many things, uh, one being uh, one of the Doctor who- who- Who's, and now he's also one of the Targaryens on Game of Thrones. I think he would be a very good fit for Star Wars. As what well. I'm not so sure, but he's a great um, you know European actor that I think is, deserves to be in Star Wars.
5: Are you saying that because he was he was initially on board for Episode Nine?
4: No, I'm not saying that because of that. I think I think he did. De- Despite the fact he deserves to be on it.
5: Okay. Who um, do you, well, you think? Joe Papadon. Pesci.
4: Joe Pesci as, as a hut, yes.
5: That's right. I want Joe Pesci talking in gangster fucking format in basic. <laughs> hey, you fucking schedule. What are you doing here? Where's my fucking credits? Huh? Where's my fucking credits? You got, I know you got my money. You're
4: hoarding my money.
5: Yeah. Anyway. Um. So, according to Favreau and Filoni, they want to see George Lucas make a cameo in The Mandalorian. And how... Uh, <laughs> let's see what George Lucas could be. Um, they say... A, a sand slug? No. They say, according That's to for- according to Favreau, he says, I tell you we've been pretty lucky. Fortunate, Filoni added. We have everyone from Mark Hamill to Werner Herzog. Amy Sedaris. But she's just a Star Wars fabric now. Like, she had no idea... And now she's in it, which I love because she's awesome. That's when Favreau chimed in and said uh, boundaries, ba, boundaries, Hold on. Chimed in and
4: couch.
5: chimed in with a definitive answer. George. He said with a laugh. George Lucas, that would be the best cameo. Filoni suggested he'd have to be the son of Baron Papanoida or something like that. I don't Freak? know. Uh, yeah, he had he owned the diner. He owned the diner that that Dex was working at. No, what happened was George was this character's um, father in episode three. He shows up as a blue guy yes. in the background, and who Baron Papanoida would be would probably be this guy's son. So he was sitting us with a deep cut, but they want George Lucas to make a camera on the Mandalorian. I think that'd be great if he did. What do you think, uh,
4: George? Is, George deserves it. I think at this point, George should be the you know Marvels to transition from having Stan Lee in every single uh, Marvel thing to having George Lucas in every single Star Wars thing because the guy deserves it. You know, he put put the George money. Lu- I'll tell you because he's got plenty.
5: What do we put George Lucas in a cameo where he's beating his wife or beating a female uh, in a slave bikini and the female sl- in the slave bikinis named Kathleen?
4: I think I think those are some home movies that George actually has. So um, we, we may just pull pull those out of the archives.
5: Him and him and Steven Spielberg at the Devil's Tower. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chinese,
4: Chinese finger cuffs. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is why and this is why Marsha, you know, is not with him anymore. If She walked in.
5: Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Listen, uh, you know who Mark Ruffalo is, right? Mark Ruffalo. That would be the Incredible Hulk. A.K.A. Shit Talker. You heard the shit he talked about Star Wars, right? What shit is he talking about Star Wars? All right, here we go. According to Ruffalo, the MCU's steady flow of content isn't a problem because Marvel Studios lets its talent recreate each piece of their own style. Their likeness. On the other hand, Star Wars differs that all its projects have similar tone. As you're pretty much going to get the same version of Star Wars each time. That's what he said. Now, Dave Filoni comes back and says the following. Again, shut there's... up, you
4: dumb fucking green motherfucker.
5: <laughs> Talking with Entertainment Weekly, he states. Um, about potential concern about recent Star Wars projects being more and more the same. Filoni states the following. We love seeing the development of all these series and how. From the new shows we're doing with John, Watts, Skeleton Crew, and, but when you look at Andor, and you look at Obi-Wan, and you look at Mando, you look at Boba, they all do have a different feeling, a different tone. And I think that's remarkable and really speaks to the serialized nature of Star Wars and how it can be very flexible galaxy. I mean, it's a galaxy, so there's many stories to tell that is exciting. But I don't know yet. I'm waiting to see a little more as I put together what the tone becomes because it's evolving right now. It's evolving.
4: Tell Mark Ruffalo he can kiss my ass, okay?
5: Mark Ruffalo kiss his ass. Fucking guy, that's my least fucking favorite Hulk guy. guy. Really? I think he's the best I like one. Ed, I him. Ed, Ed Norton. Ed, Ed Norton was the best. But he screwed the pooch. I'm not fucking. Guy. He was slapping his leg when he was throwing punches and blew his fucking cover. <laughs> anyway, Dave Filoni also addresses experiences working with George Lucas, calling it a master class. He and he states, "I mean, it's a master class every day." It was a masterclass, so I'm tr- I'm trying to apply that every day and pass on what I've learned. I mean, it's the Jedi experience I've had. And so, honestly, that's probably my biggest responsibility now is try to explain to people what George explained to me about why it all works, why it's different and unique from any other fantasy series or fiction out there. George lent, in- lent into it unique point of view, and it's something that we have to take care of and work on again and again and again. So you think he's implying that Kathleen Kennedy can't do it because he has to fucking do it?
4: Um, No, I think he's implying that, you know, George more so entrusted him with the keys to the castle. And, you know, he is the heir apparent um, and he understands why he has to do there. But, you know, but listen, Kathleen has a business sense to her and she knows that she needs to make some dough and to keep her masters happy, to keep the mouse master happy. So, you know, both of them. Are approaching things from a different way because of they have a different outcome that they need to they need to to get. But I think they both need each other regardless. So,
5: my point of view: the Jedi are evil. The Jedi are evil. Favreau teases the fucking Jedi. Um, it, uh, Mandalor. Uh, sorry, John Favreau teases Mandalorian season three's Mandalorian storyline uh, about the Mandalore storyline. Favreau himself has spoken to how Mando's journey in Season 3 will tie into the planet of Mandalore. The season's creator spoke to Entertainment Weekly about Din's experience in the book of Boba Fett and how Mandalore will be a center point for the upcoming season. Favreau discusses that other Mandalorian's audiences have seen in animated series such as the Clone Wars, how their set of rules differs from the group that Din himself originates from. Favreau teases that these different Mandalorian groups are coming together like Voltron and I'll form the head. no I'm kidding, to the nexus point of all of our all of those communities, which is their homeworld of Mandalore, saying, we established this in the Book of Boba Fett, that there was an opportunity for the Mandalorians to be redeemed because he transgendered against the creed by removing his helmet. And amongst his group, the Mandalorians, that is something that is not permitted. Now, we know that there are other groups of Mandalorians that have different set of rules. In the Clone Wars, we saw Dave. We saw with Dave and also with a character that I voiced, meaning Favreau, that Mandalorians are very, very different there. So these different groups are coming together and we are going to figure out how they all come uh, together. Right,
3: right now. Over me.
5: The nexus point for all those communities, of course, is, uh, is their homeworld from which they are exiled, which is Mandalore. Favreau's emphasis on the differences between Mandalorian tribes as well as them coming together in relation to Din's struggle with his redemption seems to hint that these two elements will work together in the character's season three's journey. Seeing more Mandalorians who can remove their helmets may cause Mando to have doubts over whether he truly wants to return to the way of the Mandalore. It is it is, however, always been a very important part of Din's life. As at several points he has been willing to die over his helmet and his armor. Favreau tying together the Mandalorian's quest of redemption... And the nexus point of Mandalore still looks to be hitting hitting that the armored warrior's initial battle over his identity isn't over yet. Even with a seemingly simple solution of entering the living waters beneath Mandalore.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think a, a large portion of this story is going to be about him deciding who he wants to be and what he wants to be and, and how he's going to do that. So, um I think that's going to be one of the, the the major themes of of the Mandalorian this year. So, and I'm actually looking very much so forward to that. So,
5: me too. Uh, there's one scene in the trailer that people don't focus on where Grogu's sitting in his lap, and they're flying in hyperspace. But it looks like Gro- Grogu's pil- piloting the ship because his head's tilted to the side like he's knocked out. People don't realize that. I haven't mentioned, haven't seen anyone mention that. So. And he looks like he's flying the ship using the force. I so. think that would be cool.
4: I think it's going to be cool. I think regardless of what happens, it's going to be an awesome. It's awesome ride.
5: He's speaking about rides, Doc? You just made the list.
2: You just made the list.
5: We do a segment here on the show called "You Made." You just made the list, where we go through different lists that we find on the interwebs and we bring it to the to you guys, the the attention of our fans. We run through them, and we let you guys know whether the lists are good lists or the lists or basura or shitless Scotta, shitless but anyway doc do you want to go first or i go first who goes first you go first Uh, i go first
4: let me go let me go first you've been uh you know slowly dragging this on for the whole day here let me uh let me pop one on here (laughs) let me pop one on here hold on
5: what have i been dragging all
4: right all 14 lightsaber types in canon explained all right Well, prior to Disney taking over, they uh, dumped a lot of the old lightsaber stuff that was out there. So this is what's just what's in canon. And I learned a couple of things from this article. So number one, the standard lightsaber. This is one that Luke had. This is one that Anakin Skywalker had. This is one that um, Obi-Wan Kenobi have. Um, You know, it's a historic blade. The most famous type of lightsaber used, standard blade. We know and love it. Um... It could be constructed of anything made of uh, Ala Secura's was Durasteel while Ray's was part of our staff and blah, blah, blah. We have belt bent hilts and not bent hilts and it's like a penis. It could be, it could be anything. Um, shape and course and this and that and also beautiful embellishment and patterns. Okay, <clears throat> so now there's something I didn't realize. There's something called a dual phase lightsaber. Did you know that, Papa Papadon? No. Okay. A dual-phase lightsaber is the one that Darth Vader wielded. Now, why, may you ask, it was called a dual-faded lightsaber? Oh, wait,
5: I think I do know this. Go on. It's
4: considered a relic of an older, more violent time. The dual-phase lightsaber possesses two kyber crystals. At the flick of a switch, Vader can rotate the kyber crystals into a new alignment to change the length of his blade. It sounds like he found a couple extra inches somewhere. Woo! Padme must be happy. This could be useful in taking an in opponent by surprise, although the different lengths require different combat techniques, meaning only a true master of combat should attempt to use a dual-phase saber. And um, maybe so. This is something that I did not know existed. That w- that was an issue that we've had this dual-phase lightsaber. Um, did you know? I did not. Okay, going back to uh, our list here. All right, number three, the Proto Saber. So the Proto Saber was pop-up invader, Immortal VR game. It's basically a more ornate than lightsabers featuring this corkscrew prong twisting around the base of its blue energy blade and a fan-like structure connecting the cross guard to the hilt. Uh, the, kyber garb- the kyber crystal was actually exposed, mounted on some sort of ignition ring, it presumably testifies to the extreme age of this force relic the shoto blades and this is the ones that ahsoka uses that are a little bit smaller and shorter than um, the normal blades the double-bladed lightsaber we know darth maul has that one no no explanation needed the switch blade, which i think this is a dumb one to kind of keep into there this is the one that we saw when evil ray popped up for the two those two seconds in her vision um which doesn't seem like a blade that would make a lot of sense to actually wield the lightsaber pikes that the um, the guards temple guards had from Coruscant, which kind of just seemed like a short version of the double-bladed lightsaber. The cross guard lightsaber, which we know ours, our friend Kylo Ren has an issue with. And the Inquisitor's lightsaber, which we saw very, very prominently featured in the Kenobi series. And there's one more, which I always thought was an interesting concept that was initially a Marvel comic thing that now has been brought back into canon by uh, the High Republic. It is the um, lightsaber whip um, that was initially wielded by Jedi Knight Vernesta. Vern Rowo, um, but initially in non canon was uh, associated with the Knight Sisters of Death, Amir. And then the Darksaber, we know about the Darksaber, of course. Ezra's unique lightsaber, which I despise because it's stupid with the gun. And then something from the High Republic as well that the Sith used to use something called a light spear, which they really haven't gone into um, explanation as to what that is. But pretend uh, that we know what it is. I'm assuming it looks like a spear with a lightsaber on it. You're up next, big guy.
5: Yep. I'm just uh, trying to, trying to, I'm just trying to take in all those different type of sabers and. Try to fathom which one I like the most. But I don't know. Darksaber is still one of my favorites. So,
3: Yeah,
4: it's pretty dope.
5: Ten best tracks from John Williams. Uh, ten best from each John Williams score ranked. So here we go. Let's see. Number nine, The Last Jedi, The Battle of Crate. Number eight. The Rise of Skywalker feeling from Kajimi. Number 7.
4: Oh, I think I think that's something that uh, what's his face got in his pants? Poe Dameron.
5: Nice. Return of the Jedi, Return of the Jedi. Number 6, The Force Awakens, Rey's theme. Number 5, Attack of the Clones across the stars. Number 4, Revenge of the Sith, Battle of Heroes. Number 3, The Empire Strikes Back, Imperial March. Number 2, The Phantom Menace, Duel of the Fates. Number 1 yeah. Star, Star Wars the main title. This is a great list except for one thing that they left off, which is the Force theme.
4: Well, they picked um you know the Force theme was was kind of like ubiquitous throughout all the movies. So maybe they were picking specific but, but so was the main theme, right? The main theme was ubiquitous yeah. through that as well. So well, I guess you had to pick one or the other. I don't know. All
5: right.
4: Next. All right. What next? I'm going to say the barbershop. Okay. Mandalorian season three cast. Everyone who's rumored to appear or who's going to appear. Here we go. We know Pedro Pascal. Boom. Moving on. Katie Sackhoff, Carl Weathers, Jean Carlo Esposito, Emily Swallow. Yes, please. I like her sister. Emily spits a little bit less. She's the armor. Um, Omid Abtahi, who's Dr. Persian. Bless you. Thank you. Uh, who is uh was the uh the scientist that was punishing Grogu. Paul Huang Li, who we know as Appa, and um, you know, our one of our favorite shows. Who is the pilot? Amos Hederis, Pelimato, Tim Meadows for an unknown role. Tim Meadows is the SNL comedian. Uh, I don't know how he's gonna fit into this. This is a good one, I thought, as well. Christopher Lloyd. That should be interesting. Hopefully he plays an alien, because I think it'd be hilarious. Um, Simon who Kassin- who's the Greek guy who played Axe Wolves. Yasu Gale! Exactly Taika Waititi Won't
5: return Sasha Banks Ah fuck you Sasha Banks Anyway Yours Revenge of the Sith 10 biggest steps In Anakin's transformation Into Darth Vader Number 10 When he executed Count Dooku That was a great scene One Especially Especially the look That fucking Christopher Lee Gives Palpatine When he goes Kill him Kill him now. Dude. Number nine. He's, he's, he's like, what? Really? Come on, man. We're friends. Come on, man. I can't hope. When I was a Jedi, now I got no hands. I can't jerk in the box. What's going on? Uh Number nine. When he had visions of Padme's death. Probably say, no, that box. Number eight. When he was denied rank of master. The best thing, he pulled out: Stone Cold. What? <laughs> You can sit on the council and <laughs> not give me the rank of master. What? What? <laughs> Number seven, when well, Palpatine told him the tragedy of Darth is the Wise. What a great scene. Not yeah, but, from but, a was, Jedi. Was that pu- not from a Jedi. Was that, was that pushing him over the edge though? I don't know. Yeah, because he teased him about about the power, power of fucking stopping the ones you love from dying. When he killed Mace Windu, when Palpatine accepted Anakin as his new apprentice, henceforth you shall be known as Darth Beda. When he slaughtered the young, the Jedi younglings, number four, Master Skywalker, there's too many of them. There's too many of them. Oh my God, number three, please, please, Doc. When he confronted Obi Wan and Mustafar. where do we begin with this your new empire
1: I have brought peace freedom justice and security to my new empire your new empire don't make me kill you
2: Anakin my allegiance is to the republic to democracy if you're not with me Then you're my enemy. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. I will do what I must.
5: You will try. Are you here to kill me? (laughs) You turned her against me. You did that yourself, Anakin. You've done that yourself, Anakin. (laughs) Only a Sith deals in absolutes. I'll do what I must. You will try. When he was encased in the armor And number one When, Padme, when Palpatine Lied about Padme's fate Now let me uh, ask you a question Okay yes.
4: I think they missed a very very, yeah, me too. very glaring one That really Was pivotal in making him Become Darth Vader When he was taking a shit on Musafar right before the battle He was squeezing so absolutely No it's when he killed the Tuscan Raiders.
5: Yeah, that was that was step one. That was this. That was the uh, the crack in the armor, the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Absolutely. I don't That's know how they missed there. that. That it's was gotta, that was. That one's
4: got to be on there.
5: It has to because, guess what happened? He goes and then he confesses to Padme. She doesn't fucking say yeah. anything to him. Bad. She's like,
4: Yeah, she's a she, ride or die baby. She's she not rat at all.
5: She was like, Fuck me, Annie. you're a sly, you're a savage do me now and he fell in love with that so yep anyway, girl,
4: my well, girl you're ride or die right there baby you're next okay I'm next hold on I was in the middle of painting something Yeah. Uh, let's gherkin. see oh my god painting the gherkin why does it keep going to this one specific fucking spot in this thing over here it's called the force yeah alright uh, where the hell
5: are the lists I don't even know what they are Okay, Star Wars: Ten prequel characters who stole the spotlight from Anakin. I'll do it. You get yourself to go. Together. Go, go. Number ten, General Grievous. Number nine, Qui Gon Jinn. Number eight, Jango Fett. Number seven, Mace Windu. Hold on, let's go back and see how they stole the spotlight because we're just naming characters here, and that's not that's not cool. Number ten, General Grievous. Palpatine took on three, apprentice, three apprentices throughout the prequel trilogy. They each represented a dark side of Darth Vader. Maul represented his rage. Duke represents his corrupt Jedi. And Grievous represents the man-turned-machine. Grievous's forearms, each wielding the lightsaber of a Jedi he murdered, paved the way for one of the most dazzling duels in the saga, his attack on Kenobi in a frenzied flurry of light. Really? That stole the scene from Anakin? That made no fucking sense. Number nine, Qui-Gon. His huge impression that he made on the movie, uh, his relationship with Obi-Wan, the the whole. His death sealed Anakin's dark, dark fate. He was the father figure that Anakin needed. Number eight, Go Fett. <sighs> Fans who were disappointed by Boba Fett's lackluster death in Return of the Jedi got all the Fett action they could have hoped for in Attack of the Clones. From talking to Obi-Wan on a wild, oh, taking Obi-Wan a wild goose chase in the astral field to getting decapitated by Mace Windu, Django made for an awesome side of the Ah, horseshit. Mace Windu, I don't like this list. Count Dooku, Padme, number five, number four, Darth Maul, number three, Yoda, number two, Chancellor Palpatine, and number one was Obi-Wan Kenobi. So, horseshit, but I agree with the Obi-Wan Kenobi. He stole the show? Yeah, he definitely okay. stole the show.
4: Here we go. 12 best Jedi in the Star Wars universe ranked. Okay, numero 12, Ezra Bridger. Interesting. Number 11, Kanan Jarrus. Number 10, Count Dooku. Was he Jedi? Mm. Number 9, yes. Ben Solo. Ben Solo, we look at him in Jedi for like 10 seconds, and he's number 8. Okay, number 9. Qui-Gon Jinn is number 8. Ooh, disagree. Number seven, Ray. Oh, impressed in higher. Number six, Ahsoka Tano. Five, Mace Windu, four, Anakin Skywalker, three, Obi-Wan Kenobi, two Luke Skywalker, and number one, the greatest uh, Jedi on the face of the planet, on the face of the universe. Enrico Palazzo. Say Sayus 10. No, Yoda, obviously.
5: Poor shitless, dude. In my opinion. The Jedi are evil. Yeah. <laughs> Luke Skywalker should be number one. Uh, Obi Wan should be number two. Qui Gon should be in the top five, so we, along with Ahsoka. Maybe Yoda be there as well. Fucking may should may should be down the bottom of the list because his fucking hubris and his ridiculousness to being dogmatic. Um, oh well, whatever. And
4: all he did was get his ass kicked.
5: Yeah. Anything you want to add, dude? Let's take this bitch home. Let's take this bitch home. All right, oh, bitch.
4: One, th- one thing I wanted to add, sorry. Um, apparently, in some London Comic-Con, they, they were, you know, selling this uh, special edition Admiral Akbar figure with him on the old school counter card, which I have to get my hands on. They haven't announced when they're going to stick that one out there, but uh, hopefully it'll be soon. Um, I've got a few other things from um Star Wars you know I can't see you right I know you can't see me I'm just digging through the stuff I got over there they just released the black series from Obi-Wan Kenobi with the Vader and with the um um the Obi-Wan which I accidentally bought two Obi-Wan Kenobis which kind of sucks so maybe we'll do some giveaway at some point in the um in the uh, in the show, but here is the Black Series Obi Wan and Vader. Oh, you guys cool. can't see it, listening over there. But I'm showing sure popping on because I don't give a fuck about you guys. But that's the Obi Wan, the Vader, and the Vader got his Christmas colors, red, the red and the green on there, which is great.
5: They should have gave um, the uh, the excess head. Excess head? I love like, excess head. Like with the half the half fucking. Mask. Oh, the half. Yeah,
4: I'm sure they'll do that one at some point. Don't worry. That, that's how they make extra money, bro, by releasing two of them. Um, and I got this as well from the Star Wars, um, uh, Disney shop, which I think is going to be the new droid in the, uh, Andor series. Oh, that's the emo droid. That's the emo droid. Yes. His name is B2 Emo. Um, and he's good. So this just came out like literally five seconds ago. I got it today. Do you think he goes around going, I hate my maker? Yes, exactly. I hate my maker. I hate everything about you. And then also just in time for Halloween. I got the Halloween droids. This is the vampire one that the headlights up um, from the droid factory line in Disney. And then this is a four pack, which has all other kinds of Halloween inspired droids. This is the skeleton one. This is the candy corn one. Is
5: that that R5? Whatever the, yep, yep,
4: yep, it's R5. This is the candy corn one. This is a glow in the dark one. And this one is just the kind of Halloween inspired colors, like black and green and orange. Cute little droid stuff. You know, I have to be
5: a completist, unfortunately. Gotcha. Very nice. Very nice, impromptu fucking session of tot uh, totally. Anyway, anyway,
4: you can find me at Dr. DR Destroyo um, on Instagram, Alex Arroyo MD on Twitter, and Alex Arroyo on Facebook.
5: You can find me, Greek God Papadon, on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Getter, Demetrius Papadon on Facebook. Uh Pro Wrestling T slash Greek God Papadon is the Pro Wrestling T store. Go get your GGP t shirts, please. Greek God Papadon is the YouTube channel. I threw up a plethora of matches and promos on there recently. So go subscribe, hit the notification bell, comment, like. And uh this for Thursday night I'll be at NYWC Hotter Than Hell, where I'll be wrestling. Get this doc. I'm listening. Alvin Alvarez.
4: Oh, <laughs> you got to come out for this. One, you dude. better slap him
5: one time for me. I got to wrestle him. And um, then the 2nd of uh, September, which is next Friday. I'll be at Find Yourself Wrestling in New Jersey, where I'll be opening up the first ever doing the first ever Alpha and Omega Inevitable Open Challenge. Now, I've been defending my championships all over the country with the Alpha and Omega Inedible Tour. This is the first open challenge. And here's the kicker. I'm not defending my titles in one match. No. It's going to be two falls, two separate bouts. One bout for the Alpha Championship Wrestling World Heavyweight Championship versus an unknown opponent. The second bout is a, a bout with another unknown opponent for the Ronin Heavyweight Championship. So what's better than GGP? Double two, the amount of DGG. That's right. Two in the pink, one in the stink. No, I'm kidding. Anyway, you can go check that out. Find Yourself Wrestling. It's going to be a great show. Uh, Justin Credible's on it. Heath Slater's on it. Uh, Black Jesus is on it. Rhett Titus is on it. Most importantly, your boy GGP is on it, which means you're going to steal. Twice, which means I'm going to fucking steal the show two times. But I hope they're paying you twice as much. I'm getting paid a lot for it, so that's good. Uh, Like I always do. I get 99% of the gate, brother. Um, With that being said, you can find us together, collectively, at NFO underscore podcast on Twitter. New force order on the gram of Insta. Official new force order. On Facebook and newforceorder at yahoo.com is the email address. Email us with any questions. Email us with any topics you want us to cover. Email us with articles you want us to discuss. Email us about any segments we do, whether it's the you just made the list, from a certain point of view, uh, who's moreover, whatever. Let's interact. Let's communicate. Let's congregate. Let's segregate. No, I'm kidding. Let's uh, let's imitate. No, I'm kidding. Let's, let's have a good masturbate. time. masturbate. I was going to go there next, but... Anyway. Ladies, gentlemen... Thank you very much... For giving us your time. And your ears. Hopefully... We entertained you. We enlightened you. But we did what we love to do most. And that is... Get Star Wars... More over with you. And not get ourselves over... On the expense of Star Wars. This has been... An exciting edition of the new force order for life and that's just too sweet the time has come execute order n f o